and welcome to the Sales Compensation Show, where we share the latest sales performance research, insights, and solutions through in-depth discussions with industry experts. So put that spreadsheet away, grab a beverage, and enjoy the conversation. I'm your host, Justin Lane. It is my pleasure and honor to welcome to the Sales Compensation Show, Vincent DaCosta, currently the Global Director of Sales Compensation at Databricks. Vince, welcome to the show. Hey, Justin. Good to see you, like always. Yeah. So, Vince, I think you've been in sales compensation now 13, 14 years in some yep. capacity or another. For the folks listening to the show that may not be familiar with you, can you tell us a little bit about your career and background in sales compensation? And then what's your current role uh, look like at Databricks? I like to tip that I have a very kind of diverse and unique background. Uh, I started back in the day as uh, a sales comp admin for a large Fortune uh, 35 company and kind of uh, grew into kind of understand the basic principles of sales comp. Several years there, ultimately managing the sales compensation team, and then decided to move into kind of consulting, right? So I went out and worked for one of the larger vendors in the space, did a lot of current future state type assessments, really kind of broadened my skill set uh, outside my prior industry and got to know you know, multiple different verticals and multiple different ways of slicing and dicing kind of sales comp. And that. So I, I thought that was great. From there, um, shifted into a different consulting, uh, more of an agnostic type view, right? So working with a, a lot of different clients for, again, assessments, but then vendor selections and really kind of setting them up for success uh, in, in order so that they can implement and roll out and focus on change management. And then after COVID, uh, I, I have two little ones. So I if the traveling started again, I uh, wanted to maybe hone it back a little bit, uh, stay at home, really kind of cherish these kind of years right now. So I got back in the industry, uh, went and worked for a company and uh, took over the, the entire kind of global sales compensation program from A to Z, of course, you know, really built that up, set them up for success. And then now I'm at a uh, current role, as you alluded to, director of global sales compensation uh, here at Databricks. And I guess to, to summarize my role today, I guess if I was to break it down to kind of like three key areas, strategy piece. So with Databricks, uh, actually, let me take a step back. Uh, for those that don't know who Databricks is, uh, the, the company's been around for about 10 years. Uh, the founders are, are these brilliant academic uh, uh, engineering folks, the, the creator of Apache Spark, uh, Delta Lake, MLflow. And they kind of took all these ideas along with kind of their education and background and wanted to form the company. And and I guess, you know, what our saying is we're, we're really kind of the world's first and only lake house platform in the cloud. So we, we take data warehouses and data lakes uh, and really offer an open kind of uh, unified platform focused on uh, data analytics and, and, of course, the hot topic, uh, artificial intelligence. So Databrick, fantastic company. We're kind of, sums out to my role, again, as I alluded to, kind of three key areas, so strategy, uh, as the company has kind of grown, we're really focused on strategic initiatives to uh, set us up for success, not even just today, but then ultimately when we go public and beyond. Uh, so there's a lot of planning, a lot of key internal projects that I, I take the lead on uh, from an operational perspective, which is kind of like my bread and butter. Uh, really looking at the commission program from A to Z, from data integration all the way to end user experience. How do I kind of help direct and lead the team to really make it an efficient execution engine? To make sure that at the end of the day, everyone is, is happy, internal and external stakeholders. 
Uh, and then lastly, that falls underneath me is uh, the systems, right? So we have an ICM platform today, which of course goes through implementation, testing, and then the day-to-day administration, uh, a- analytics and reporting. All right. So our paths have crossed. We've worked at uh, yes. a similar company. <laughs> Earlier in the season, had a chance to interview Maria, uh, who we both oh, work excellent. with. And we got to hear about uh, what she's put together, her company in mm-hmm. terms, you know, around sales compensation uh, administration. I think when we, we know, when we work together, this idea and, and beyond, you did it, uh, you know, certainly afterwards as well, this idea of assessing the sales compensation administration. Do you feel like that's something that people could do on their own, like a self-assessment or, or better served using an external consultant or a, a well-crafted methodology? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, that, that that's a, a tough one. Personally, I, and maybe based on my experience, right, is that I, I think it's always best to have a fresh pair of eyes to take a look at your program and to your point, maybe a third-party type consultant, an agnostic type lens there. I think the difficulty that a lot of companies get stuck in is that like they, they don't have the internal expertise or they've been doing the same process manual and so on, you know, year in, year out, and not really kind of focusing on like, hey, how can we automate and, and optimize our, our focus here? I think also, you know, data is ever changing. So as companies continue to grow or M&A activity, data becomes more and more disparate. And again, the collection of information is usually a big pain point for a lot of companies. But again, if you're in the weeds and you're just kind of doing a monthly, semi-annual basis, whatever it may be, it's good for someone to come and say, well, 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 let's take a moment to pause. Let, let's talk through kind of your current operations and then have them kind of help point out those areas of opportunity. I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, whether you know, I think about different domains across life, you know, whether it's sports or fitness, nutrition, health, your financial well-being, oftentimes it is hard, right, to get better at what you're mm-hmm. doing without somebody else uh, providing that strategic lens or view and, and giving you some ideas. One thing I think that's really interesting is to anybody that's been in the consulting world is that you get to see a lot of companies over a short mm-hmm. period of time. And so you get to see this wide spectrum of the good, the bad, the ugly, and start to put some best practices in the bag and then mm-hmm. share those back out with other folks. When it comes to assessing a, a compensation program, why don't we start at that at that front end of the process? Like you mentioned data mm-hmm. integration. Let's go even one step up maybe ahead of that. Like the ability to collect change, maybe around mm-hmm. whether it's reference data or the sales compensation plan itself. How can people get really good at this idea of, of staying ahead or abreast of change in the plan, change to quotas, territories, even HR mm-hmm. data for folks? Like what could be automated versus what do you need to build like a process around to get good at it? Yeah, so it's interesting. You know, if we look at kind of the, the sales comp or sales performance management space, I think Part of it is that, you know, there's a lot of interconnected teams. Organizations have, say, maybe a sales strategy team, a plan design team, sales operations, sales commission team, and that. But if they're not all kind of working together and kind of streamlining and, and, and really focusing on what's the end game, I, I think that's where a lot of companies have issues and concerns. From a, a data integration perspective, right, I, I typically break down in like three key areas. People information, transactional information, and then quotas or targets. Typically, not one 
team internally owns one piece of that. So sure. as a sales commission team, right, you're, you're working with multiple stakeholders to focus on that. So the intent would be to, you know, what works best for the sales commission team to actually administer and then to your point, work upstream to say, hey, if we were to get this data in this type of format or this type of timing frequency, or hey, here are these issues that we, we continuously have, how can we fix them upstream? So by the time it gets to us, we're able to administer uh, more effectively and efficiently. And it's, it's really a continuous process. It's not like you can just change in one day. And that comes back to the assessment piece. You can go through an assessment. Nothing's going to change overnight. It, it's always a marathon type approach. You have various areas of opportunities. And then how do you attack that going forward? Yeah, I love you. You brought up the idea of it's a continuous battle you know, mm-hmm. on the data side. Uh, I've always felt, you know, I've used the analogy in the past that if you don't strive towards this idea of continuous improvement, you're just going to go backwards. You're rowing mm-hmm. uh, against the current constantly. And if you ever just kind of say, "Hey, we've we've achieved, we've 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 arrived," uh, mm-hmm. you're heading the wrong the wrong direction as you're proclaiming victory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, data quality is a big issue for a lot of companies, and I think you know the more comp teams that I talk to over the years, the more I heard this theme of they kind of just deal with it they make the changes mm-hmm. on their side uh kind of in isolation to get the data correct to pay people correctly um but not maybe push back on source systems to get it right what have you seen might be effective is it is it just mm-hmm. do you put the qa qc process in place after they've thrown it over the fence <laughs> or do you try to find root causes and, and work with upstream data to make it better what have you done and then what would you recommend mm-hmm. to people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, if you want to be ineffective, spend hours every month trying to close the books and then retroactively make adjustments, I mean, then so be it. But as I alluded to before, I, I, I do think it's a, it's a larger cross-functional partnership inside a company. So when there are data integrity issues, typically the sales commission team is like the, the most downstream team, right? And from what I've done in the past is, you know, first you have to identify those issues and concerns. Typically, you see some repeat patterns. Maybe it's an enablement piece for the sales users not entering information correctly, or maybe it's a, a data feed situation from the source system, you know, up further upstream. Once you identify that and raise awareness to those folks that may own your CRM or HCM or wherever it may be, then you can actually put in more validation type processes. And what I've seen too is, let's take you know, a CRM perspective, right? As an opportunity works through kind of the sales motion, the journey, it's got to hit certain thresholds or certain points. And every validation it goes through, by the time you have a close one opportunity, it should be pretty much perfect. So then it gets flushed out, goes to sales commission, and then you're done. But if you don't have those checkpoints in place through automation, semi-automation, whatever it may be, you're going to have, again, those continuous issues from a data integrity perspective. Okay. So Vince, where does your team sit in the organization? Are you guys in sales or in finance? Uh, we, we actually sit in the finance department. You're on the finance side. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you work with your sales counterparts throughout mm-hmm. the process. So over the years, you've seen a lot of companies and you've probably seen some where it sits maybe in sales ops, sales mm-hmm. uh, or revenue operations somewhere, and other companies where the comp admin function sits within finance. Do you have an opinion on where it should be? Are you, are, is your team placed in the right place at the right time at your own organization? <laughs> yeah, great question. Um, so I guess my perspective is that it's 
not necessarily where a sales commission team would sit. I, I'm actually more of an advocate of like separation of duties. So, for example, in one of my experiences, sales commissions did sit within sales to the point where you know up the hierarchy was of the the sales leader. So we were administering like our boss's boss's boss content. Now, is that maybe the right thing? Probably not. What I would say is that as you know, we were talking about before, kind of those cross-functional teams, I actually do think it's better that the teams sit within a couple different departments so that you know the, the accountability is still there, but then there's no conflict of interest too. Every organization, every industry is going to be different, but that's kind of my opinion. That's an interesting way to think about it, this idea mm-hmm. of checks and balances. Uh, you know, maybe the folks designing the plan are not the same people administering the plan, who are not the same people getting paid from the plan type of thing to make sure that uh, there's some separation there. You know, I've always been a big advocate of, of this idea of execution and administration kind of being, uh, and I say owned, right? But it's it's kind of, again, it's a collaboration because I think when you think about sales compensation plan design and then the administration or execution, it doesn't rarely sit, it rarely sits on the same team and it doesn't fit well within like your typical legacy, you know, business function. It is by almost definition, Mm cross-functional between kind of these silos of sales, finance, HR, because they all have a different perspective and kind of uh, lens that they're viewing sales compensation through. Okay, let's get back to administration. We talked a little bit about data integration. How automation, like, is the goal fully automated or is there an 80 20 rule you like to follow? Or where mm-hmm. is that kind of, demi- well, is there a law of diminishing returns and trying to automate everything? <laughs> like, what, how do you think about data automation on the inbound side? I think you probably just said it there, right? No company's ever going to get to full automation. And part of that is, you know, within the sales count world, there's always like different governance, different exceptions, retroactive adjustments. I don't care how smart our artificial intelligence ever becomes, right? It's never going to capture everything. So to your point that the 80-20 rule of automating as much as possible, but then having, you know, an error report, exception log, whatever it may be, and then have some human intervention to actually take a look at that and make sure that everything is captured correctly. So yes, I, I do think there is a, a point where you're like, okay, we're pretty good automated, we're, we're saving a lot of time, now let's spend that to be a little more strategic and dig into the data to focus on the quality. Yeah. As you progress throughout your career, mm-hmm. how how is your thought process as to this idea, right? Analytics, metrics to put in place, reporting that you're you know, producing for various stakeholders. How has that evolved? What reports do you, and analytics do you do today? Maybe you weren't thinking about 13 years ago when you first were sitting in C. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it maybe focus on is, you know, you're, you're always in a continuous planning cycle. So as we okay. partner, say like today in our, our, with our plan design team, right? They're doing their cost forecast modeling and tweaking kind of the plans and different modifiers and you know, sales finance to make sure they're taking that and that we're aligned to, to budget and that. Well, what I guess I never really did in my past, I'm, I'm trying to be more cognizant of going forward is, okay, once we close the performance period or fiscal year to date, how did or how does that actually marry up to what we thought six months ago, eight months ago? 
But not just that, though. It's like, you know, you may have those type of comparisons, but then what are you going to do about it going forward, right? Like, how are you going to take that and integrate it to future plan design or tweaks or modifications too? Yeah, it's interesting. Like, you don't run into many companies that even do uh, an in-month, you know, accrual (laughs) and reconciliation. I think this idea that you're describing of doing kind of this ongoing, continuous reconciliation to the budget and then trying to you know forecast forward from a comp spend and give people that information to be able to make decisions, right? Do we need to pivot, make a change, stay the course? It's really important. And 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 again, I, I there's there's very few companies that I think have that kind of that metrics package and ability in place. So many people are just struggling with the uh, the the basics of hey, let's uh, get payroll out on time and and get it get it pretty close. To, to where we think it should be type of thing. So that's great. Crediting and calc a big issue for you, for you currently, or is that what the, the tools, the systems are taking care of? So I guess, you know, without getting into specifics, now, we're, we're, we yeah, are in a heavily, heavily complex situation. So I, I think what has been very beneficial is leveraging our, our third-party system. I couldn't imagine trying to do all this in Excel or within an access database or anything like that too. So like where I'm at today, the, the value of a third-party system is like invaluable. It has really sped up the process, having complex plans and then leveraging automation to actually administer properly. But yeah, crediting calculation, um, I, I think really when you're kind of peeling back the layers there is what is more out of the box system functionality versus customization. And you never really want to have a system kind of dictate your plan design because the plan design should yeah. should be over-encompassing, you know, incenting, motivating, and so on. But when you're looking at systems, how do you kind of focus on the out-of-the-box functionality versus spending that time to customize and building technical debt, essentially? Yeah, it's a tr- uh, that's kind of, you know, over the years I've been on this pendulum of, you know, <laughs> when I first started... Uh, you know, way back at uh, the Alexander Group, you know, certainly our perspective was that the you know technology should never uh, dictate what the plan design is. Uh, you know, and then you know I kind of swung to the far side where I'm like, yeah, but we live in this pragmatic reality of we want to we want to automate it mm-hmm. uh, so that we have an audit trail, so that we have a you know repeatable function that we could go back and recreate if we needed to be. And the more you know, kind of human and manual touches. The more potential reduction of error, and now I've kind of landed in this kind of happy middle of where I agree with you right now. But the idea that the no system should kind of dictate what we do with the comp plan design, that you know, to best align with the strategic goals, motivate people, but the availability and, and quality of the data, mm-hmm. you know, certainly has some impact. If you, if the data doesn't exist, like well, why are you going down this this road or this path? You know, if the data is of poor quality or a bad timing, you're just kind of setting yourself up for some failure down the road. And and that's where, you know, it, it is very important that the, the plan design team, wherever that may sit within an organization, it is, you know, working or providing a seat at the table with the administration team. Yeah. Because you, you can come up with the, the perfect plan on paper and then you toss over the fence to the administration team and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I, I can't I can't do this or or I can't get this done in this point in time and so on. So I again it comes back to collaboration, which is something yeah. that I've seen more and more in my experience, right? Like the companies that are very successful have that tight knit collaboration group so that things are as seamless as possible uh, throughout the entire planning process. Yeah. No, again, I mm-hmm. think that's uh you know, I think over the course of the 
this first podcast season, we've talked about the idea of best <laughs> practices. Do they exist? Mm -hmm. Do they not? I think this is one where it kind of falls under the idea of it is a best practice, right? To collaborate between uh, strategic planning teams, operational execution teams to make sure mm -hmm. that, that it is hand in glove. Because, and again, we, as, as we've done the work, talking to a lot of companies, assessing kind of this process, I think you probably found the same thing that, that I have. That's just rare. Mm -hmm. where the, the comp administration team feels completely isolated and cut out from the strategic planning initiatives around what to mm -hmm. be done. And I'm like, well, where are they getting their data from to make these decisions, <laughs> right? They should be coming to your team and saying, here's mm -hmm. the, the analytics package that we need to see, you know, is the current plan achieving what we want it to? Is it, you know, or not? Mm -hmm. And, you know, how do we, how, when we look to the future, you know, what, where are we getting this source data to do so? And Joseph, I, I, I couldn't tell you how many assessments I've done where, you know, we, we would do like a two, three day workshop, get everyone in the room, you know, pre-COVID yep. essentially, right? And the conversation- Virtual room now, occurred. yeah. Yeah, virtual mm -hmm. room now, but yeah, but even before and when, whenever it was, those first few hours of just bringing in those cross-functional stakeholders were like eye-opening to like everyone yep. in the room. And it, it was just mind-boggling, but that comes back to the original point. It's like, having fresh pair of eyes or a third party coming in and that kind of stuff. Sometimes you actually are able to solve your own issues and problems just having a facilitator there. Um, oh, yeah. And I really felt like those workshops were like tremendous value for folks out there. So, No, I think, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to discredit the value that the consultants bring to the table <laughs> coming from a long yeah. line of consultants. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> but I would often state this in the room where I said, do you guys already have the answer? or at least 80% of the answers, right, in-house. But this idea, what you just said, and, and I want to dig in just a little bit deeper for people listening, but bringing in to a single room all the stakeholders in sales compensation and then thinking about some some process chains, business processes. And like we'll, what we're talking about now is the process of, uh, you know, payroll process of, of calculating pay based upon a sales compensation plan on a repeatable basis. You guys pay monthly, quarterly, both? Uh, yeah, it's a combination of performance periods. Yeah. So let's call, we'll yeah. call it monthly, right? Yeah. Bringing everybody in the room and then walking through that end-to-end -end process. Yeah, it was always eye-opening. It was mm -hmm. a surprise at first and then expected later after you've done a few. Mm -hmm. The people just had no idea what happened downstream of them mm -hmm. in a process or people downstream had no idea you know, the the rigmarole or the work effort being put in upstream to them, they kind of just saw their little slice of the process and felt like that any inefficiencies or, or, you know, lack of ability to get better at the process was limited because they were doing the best they could do, mm -hmm. but they were a little, you know, dependent upon what was happening upstream and then they were passing stuff downstream type of thing. But it was amazing right, to listen to people just not know. Uh, kind of within their own organization, big organizations, yep. small organization, kind of didn't matter mm -hmm. uh, type of thing. So that's something maybe that people could think about, you know, whether it is a third party facilitator or a consultant that specializes in this type of work, or if you have a group internally, like a PMO or something, just mm -hmm. to put, like get stakeholders in the room and just start diagramming out, right? What are the steps? What are the handoffs? You know, you're looking for duplication of effort. How many, yep. Yep. let's talk about this. Yeah. How many times, Spence, uh, did you run into <laughs> companies that maybe had a, a semi-automated process using a third-party tool, <laughs> and then maybe a very manual process done by another team using more rudimentary tools like spreadsheets? Did you ever ever encounter something like that? 
I've had a few clients out there where they, they actually had a third-party system in place. And then as yeah. we were digging through, they were yeah. also performing all the manual calculations in parallel as the same, same in parallel. So yeah. like you're spending X amount of money there, but you also have X amount of, you know, uh, people hours that you're, you're focusing on too. And it, again, it was just kind of mind blowing. Like, hey, whoa, 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 you spend all this money to implement, get a system and a tool in place, but you're doing yeah. the same exact thing on the side. W- what's the, the value that you're yeah, adding? Pick one. Yeah. Like, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to rip, rip the band aid off, go through it, and, and figure out how to uh, quality check. Not parallel yeah. or process, but quality check. I think people, well, I know, you know, one of the core reasons that I had heard over the years, and again, I'll ask for your thoughts on this as well, is that. A lot of people during that third-party implementation maybe didn't do quite as robust of testing as they mm-hmm. wanted to do. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the people who had been doing it manually for 5, 10, 20 years uh, trusted, you know, what they were doing more than they trusted mm-hmm. this third-party system. And so yep. any thoughts on like when people implement a third-party system, is there a right or wrong way to go about testing? And how do you get gain the trust of all the stakeholders involved? Yeah, well, well, I guess first, uh, what's like the root cause, right? And typically, it's like two key areas. One, it's either, you know, lack of time. Implementation always gets squeezed or always goes down the time because upstream processes push things, right? Or, or the second one is just you just don't have expertise on people knowing what to test. And a simplistic comp plan versus a highly complex comp plan, you, you should still have Every single testing scenario, every single acceleration band, every single modifier. It's really the, the, the testing strategy is coming up with predetermined use cases and then expected results. So I guess uh, even taking a step further, kind of overarch data integration piece, you have uh, some type of ETL connection possibly, right? You would perform uh, SIT or system uh, integration testing. Just make sure the data actually flows through. Once that flows through, that's great. At least you know what's going through. Now, is, is it working properly? That's where you kind of shift to UAT or user acceptance testing, right? And typically within a system perspective, and, and I think most people hopefully know this, uh, it, it's basically two phases, right? Crediting is the order translating into appropriate crediting, modifiers, any type of uh, modifications that might might happen there, and then the calculation piece too. Because your crediting may work, but your calculation may not work. So then you kind of have to back in like, well, what do I need to fix there? So as you're going to hit those pieces throughout the testing journey, again, you want to make sure that you have all the predefined various scenarios and expected results so that you're, you're literally uploading your batch, you know, calculating, crediting, calculating it through, checking the results and be done and move on to the next one. But I, I don't think a lot of people put in that prep work beforehand and they just kind of do it on the whim. And, and that's not the best because you're you're inevitably going to miss something. Uh, you really need to just kind of sit down, think things through, have a plan of action, and then have everything kind of prepped, ready to go, upload, and then test. Let's take some notes. I want to make sure I can recap mm-hmm. all the great yeah. stuff that you've <laughs> shared with us today because I think we're we're skimming the surface on kind of some some bigger to- you know some big topics. I want people to mm-hmm. to have as a takeaway. I do want to shift gears a little bit, so. You manage a team currently, yes? Uh, yes. So for the people that maybe are more junior in their career, as a manager of a comp admin team, mm-hmm. is there any different skill sets that you're looking for currently that maybe you, you weren't looking for and people to bring on board 
And I always, and it just came to mind as you uh, taunted the future AI and its mm -hmm. ability to to do mm -hmm. all this good stuff. And I took a note to come back in five years uh, to see where we were. But, <laughs> yeah. But like, so, but like, do do people? Are you looking for people with more like hard skills, soft skills? Like, has, has anything changed? If somebody wants to get you know involved, or they're thinking about how do they get to Vince's level? What do they need to do? Well, I, so I think there's multiple pieces there, right? I, I think the first thing is, if I were to fill a role, I would be mm -hmm. pretty concise on what I would be looking for. Now, there's so many different types of roles. There could be more of a system type analyst, right? Maybe someone a little more technical behind the scenes. They, you know, see the comp plan design and they're able to translate it into a FRD and then ultimately build in a system. You're, you're okay. going to have, again, more technical skill set. I, I don't expect that person to get in front of the VP of sales finance and explain, you know, what our payments are or, or why we have certain adjustments. I, I think as like, you know, a manager of folks or a leader of folks too, right? As you kind of progress in the career ladder per se, it, it is really kind of managing your team. You start to become less of an individual contributor, right? Not spending your day in spreadsheets or configuring day in and day out. But you are then managing those folks that are into the weeds and that kind of stuff too. So it's that evolution of having a pretty solid base of technical skills, understand how plan design works, how the, how quota setting uh, methodologies work, how you know a, a system operates, all the way through to uh, communicating it out to the sales uh, payees, right, like a business admin. But then as you grow. How do you take those skills and experience and, and coach your folks so that they can then step in and kind of be that face? Uh, and it honestly, it takes time, right? Like it, it's experience. W one year in, you may start to understand the landscape, but but I really think you kind of need to spend time at a company, growing company, you know, working with different systems, working with different people to think about plan design. I, I think more of a diverse experience that you have, uh, in your background. I actually think you become better as you continue growing your career there. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to sum up some of the ideas that you talked about today. Then I have, I want to ask you for any other kind of lessons learned or, or yeah. uh, takeaways that you want to share with folks for people, again, teams and people that are looking to get better uh, at sales compensation administration. But you mentioned these ideas, one collaboration, right? There has to be good collaboration across uh, the different stakeholders and business function and I, and I love, you know, the phrase seat at the table. The comp admin team should have a seat at the table, like in the planning exercise and have some input and, you know, be part of this idea. But I was collaborating with data owners and, and stakeholders up and down. You talked a little bit about, uh, you know, QA, QC process of data, which is important. I think a lot of people struggle. There's never any, I've, I've yet to talk to somebody that says, hey, we don't have enough data. <laughs> I, I rarely talk to people that, that feel like they have perfect quality data. Mm -hmm. uh, type of thing. So I like this idea of QA, QC uh, throughout the process. You're checking, coming over the fence, you're checking crediting, you're checking calc, you're, you know, type of thing to make sure it, uh, it stays whole throughout. And then I think this, um, you know, for people that are thinking about implementing a system, making changes to a system, probably, you know, once you have a system in place, thinking about this robust test package, mm -hmm. edge cases, exceptions, even for simple plans, don't just say, hey, we think we got it, right? Let's pressure. Mm -hmm. Put some pressure up against it and see if uh, if it really is, really is going to work. And uh, you know, lastly, we you know, kind of kind of the core theme we're talking about this assessment, right? Of kind of thinking about the mm -hmm. process, how do people get better at it? And your thought is, you know, it's valuable to have like a third party eyes, you know, on on the process to kind of you know one 
elicit out ideas within within the organization, but to bring some experience maybe that folks internally don't have to to be able to mm-hmm. get better at it. I think those are all fantastic ways for people to to think about that the comp administration process and whether they own it, they're on the team, or they're on the other side of that collaboration, you know, to think about how can we as an organization get better. Any other thoughts or, you know, kind of low-hanging fruit that people maybe <laughs> could think about to, to get better at sales comp admin? Yeah, I, I think everything you just mentioned, we could probably spend days talking about each one yeah. in depth. I think one that we maybe we didn't touch on a little bit was uh, operating model. Okay. And that's something that I've seen over the years to, um, and again, it's it's a consultative answer. It depends on the company, sure. ICM system you have in place and so on. But operating model, I think is so critical because you either have gaps within your type of administration or you have duplicative work. Or, you know, I've seen some companies where they have people that are dedicated to like one special part within the administration. Mm-hmm. Now, th- there are schools of thought. Should a comp admin team be fully functional from end to end, like really understand everything holistically and support their organization, or depending on maybe the size of the organization, having a subset group or team that only focus on like, you know, like a, like you're building a car, right? It's like, you, you fix one thing and then you go on the next right. and you keep appending things until you have a, a fully uh, finished car there. I, I think from long-term career path, having that end-to-end type experience is very critical regardless of where you go, whatever company size. Uh, and I think that's not necessarily low-hanging fruit per se because now you're talking about people, right? But keeping that top of mind for long-term success for administration, operating model is very critical to get it right and and focus on that too. So. You know, as you describe it, you know, I think like Ferrari versus a Ford, right? The idea that one <laughs> person kind of builds the car, you know, from start to finish by hand, you know, versus one person does some very small piece of the puzzle that mm-hmm. hands it off to the next person kind of in this assembly line fashion. And the idea of, do you have a bunch of parallel processes where people are kind of doing end-to-end, or do you have a bunch of sequential processes where people are handing mm-hmm. it, you know, to the next person in the sequence? And and depending upon the business context, one might be a better solution for the other. But regardless, everybody involved should understand mm-hmm. the end-to-end, you know, what's happening throughout that process so they either can can fill in for somebody on vacation or, mm-hmm. you know, out sick, or or have an understanding of what their impact is. Mm-hmm. Uh, upstream and downstream to their piece of the puzzle. But I like this idea of that, yeah, people should at least minimum understand the whole process, but maybe yeah. be able to do the whole process, you know, type of thing for their career growth and types of Correct. things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. All right. So we're nearing the end of our time here together. Mm-hmm. I've enjoyed the conversation thoroughly. This <laughs> is the type of stuff we used to do all the time, right? We talk yep. about this on a <laughs> daily basis at one point in time. And I don't think about it as much, so it's fun to 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 talk about it. Uh, so the first question is, and is there anybody in the world of sales compensation or general sales management that mm-hmm. you'd like to take out to watch? That's interesting. So, so th- this one actually may come to fruition. We'll we'll see. I just got approval. Uh, I was asked to be a uh, a panelist and speaker ag- again, which is nice. I wrote to work this coming in Chicago in August. Congratulations! Uh, and. Uh, uh, thank you. And the, the gentleman that I think will be joining me is uh, Rick Butler. And I'm, I would assume oh, yeah. you probably crossed paths yep. with him. And I never had a chance to formally meet him. Uh, maybe he'll listen to his podcast one day. We'll see. But, you know, he's got a very diverse background, right? And again, you know, I have a diverse background, but I think his, he has 
a little bit of sales, a little consulting, some HR benefits. I think he's been in sales comp for several years, right? Like, I would just love to pick his brain because when when you kind of live different lives like that throughout your your progression, yeah. there you pick up tips and tricks. Being on one side, right? Being on sales and being on the administration side, being you know consulting. So, so maybe when I'm out at World of Work, I'll, I'll formally grab lunch with them. So ho- hopefully that was yeah. an easy answer for you. <laughs> no, I actually got to sit next to Rick uh, at oh, dinner okay. a number of times now. And yeah. I'm looking around my room, and it's actually quite the tea I'd write to the next question, because I believe he is an author as well. And I was trying to look oh, around to see okay. if I could spot the book to make sure it is, he is indeed. But I'm pretty sure... Uh, if you go on Amazon and search, uh, he may be the author. I'm trying to think if it's a pen name, though. See, he's a jack of all trades, right? Yeah, so, no, ab- yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You talk about a, a wealth of experience at mm-hmm. large enterprise companies running really big, you know, complex teams. Uh, yeah, great guy to be networked with and and to mm-hmm. be able to to hit up for you know bounce ideas off of type of thing. <laughs> all right, so final question. I like to read. Uh, may or may not be self-evident as I sit here in a library surrounded by books. <laughs> For people, th- any general books, you know, I, I always ask related to sales or sales compensation uh, that you want to rec- recommend to people. Or if nothing comes to mind, any any, any books uh, that people could go read to get better, you know, at their job or as a person or, or you know, what we do. Yeah, yeah. Actually, and I probably got mine here too. Give me one second. Let's see. All right. Hopefully I didn't steal this from, from Maria because I, I think Maria actually recommended this, but it's by David Kelly. Uh, and I know you can't see it from the blur, but the, the book on incentive compensation oh, yeah. management mm-hmm. uh, by David Kelly. So when I got into consulting, uh, Maria actually recommended that book for me and I, I've had it on my bookcase here. And I think for someone that, you know, whether you're a junior in your career or you've been in the space for years, I think comes brings you back to the basic principles within our industry. Uh, and I, I found that very valuable. And actually, now I'm going to have to refresh my, my memory and read through it again. So uh, yes. but that would be one of my recommendations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not a long read. I think it is one of the few books that's kind of dedicated to the administration side. And it does do some deep yep. dives into technology as well. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of his background. I knew Dave when he worked early days at Gallatus as mm-hmm. a, you know, kind of their, one of their original solution architects, you know, and, and developer of the system. And uh, for those who ever met Dave, uh, he's the guy in the Hawaiian shirt. And uh, yeah, he uh, is a frequent attendee uh, at the World at War conferences. So I think I'll be there this year, but uh, okay. we'll have to, I'll look for you. Yep. I'll look for Rick. I'll keep an eye out for Dave if he's there or not. <laughs> uh, but Vince, I wanted to thank you so much uh, for coming on the show today. Again, really enjoyed the conversation. Great catching up with somebody that uh, I know. And uh, it was my pleasure to have you on the show. Excellent. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate the invite and hopefully I'll see you in a couple months here. The Sales Compensation Show was brought to you by Forma AI, the world's most advanced sales compensation solution. To learn more about how Forma AI makes sales comp more valuable to your business, visit forma.ai. Find us by searching for Sales Compensation in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or anywhere else podcasts are found. And make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. On behalf of the team here at Forma AI, thank you for listening and stay smart out there.